Hi everyone, I'm Marcus Brown, and I'm going to be presenting to you today about getting your business, getting back to business, helping your business be resilient during difficult times. My name is Marcus Brown. I am a business analyst for the Maricopa Small Business Development Center. I work to support East Valley clients that are East Valley clients in Phoenix that are in need of how to, how to develop a business plan, are doing projections or actuals with their financial statements. For those who are looking to secure form of financing at under a quarter million or even a micro loan, I help with that. And recently, I gained a little more experience in helping out with business recovery and um, and survival uh, solutions. And I think it's beneficial for us all to talk about. So I want to take the time to talk to you about it today. We're going to focus on four key areas that I think will benefit your business during this difficult time, unless you already adapted already. None of these solutions are expert, but I think they're fundamental in helping you get back to the way you were. First, we're going to talk about how to assess your losses by identifying some trends in your financial statements. Next, we're going to discuss how to determine the next steps for your business, figuring out what to do now that you are faced with the situation and you're knowing that you're dealing with certain problems of loss. We're going to go into how to develop an, a recovery plan, That's something that you can, you and your business wide can do to get yourself through a difficult time. And then finally, we're going to figure out how you can execute that plan properly and making sure you're measuring the effective statistics to show that you are actually getting back to business in comparison to just staying stagnant, right? Now, the question many of you are asking is, now what? What are we gonna do now that the pandemic's almost over, we lost most of our business, how are we gonna handle ourselves? But I say this to you, I mean, it's not necessarily the end of the world knowing that you're facing this difficulty. There are solutions, and I tell this to a lot of my clients now, if you are still in business, you still have the opportunity to implement a strategy to Get yourself back to where you were but first you need to take certain measures to get yourself to the next situation and i my wife and i always joke about this joke but you you need to calm down this has been a slogan that my organization america's sbdc has been promoting to a lot of clients since march a lot of people have been struggling and panicking about the next step they should be taking and i say this to you with all honesty stay calm it's like when you're on a plane or you're doing a fire drill in school, the only real way you're able to enact any change or manage the situation is making sure that the situation is first managed by someone with a cool head. If you go into it with your head, like running around like a got chicken, you're gonna have some difficulty. And also having a cool head allows you, the business owner, to kind of communicate a message to the other people on your staff that no matter what's going on, Handling it in a rough way is not going to be beneficial for you. So after remaining calm, you want to first proceed to figuring out where the trouble is, what's going on. And the best way of figuring that out is for your financial statements. All business owners should be regularly upkeeping three forms of financial statements, your cash flow statement, your income statement, or, or otherwise known as your profit and loss statement, and your balance sheet. And with those three statements, you should be able to identify any trends that's causing your business to be lackluster at the moment. Um, first, 
looking at your cash flow statement and seeing if the money in your bank account, business checking or saving or otherwise is decreased lower than usual. Maybe it's below the recommended amount by the bank or even going towards negative. And the reason we're trying to focus on that account first is because without any money in the bank, we're gonna have very little options on how to figure out how to move forward. And we wanna try to make sure that if there is a massive decrease more than usual in your cash, that you are figuring out essentially how you can build that back by either liquidating certain assets or creating new capital for yourself to and, and input into the business. Next, you wanna look at your operating expenses and seeing based on the sales you have, if you can still manage to cover them. And the reason why we, we put that out there is with operating expenses, majority of them are always gonna be fixed costs. And whether you make a sale or don't make a sale, you're still responsible for, for paying for them. That includes rent, that includes staff, that includes utilities. And it's up to you to make sure that you still have control over that. And if that means you having to go without an owner's draw or possibly dealing without any excessive amount of other expenses, then you should definitely take the time to do so. If you want to examine your sales on your profit and loss statement, also your cash flow, just to see if there's a significant drop in comparison to the last period or quarter. And it's going to be hard to say if overall you see a major drop across the board, but you want to isolate those revenue streams that you know probably are showing significant drops. For example, as a restaurant, I would probably say that my, or restaurant or bodega, I would probably say that my produce and the groceries or food I'm I'm selling is still high, but maybe the the in-person service, maybe the those who dine inward, their problem, those services are probably a little low. Those sales are probably a little low. And figuring out how to deal with them during this time. And then finally, you want to look at your balance sheet to see if your accounts receivable is raising high. Now, what's the benefit of looking at your accounts receivable? You know that there's gonna be people that are gonna own you money no matter what the case is. Well, if it's a vendor or it's a customer. Times like this, many people have been hesitant to pay right now because of financial difficulty in their company or because they they rather discontinue their service for now. You want to see if there's money that you know is still earmarked marked to come in the next month or so, or is it possibly going to be pushed back to maybe a longer time? Is there going to be a longer waiting account receivable pay period time? And figuring out if you're not able to pay or receive those funds and deal with the owners you you already manufactured or distributed or made a sale with, should you look for some sort of factoring or supporting assistance? Next, let's talk about how to determine your next steps. So we assessed our losses through those three statements. We figured out maybe that there's a decline in sales, that the cash flow has been dropping a little bit, that our vendors or our customers are not paying their bills on time or completely discontinuing their services. As a business owner, you should take the time to figure out, okay, now that we know where our losses is, what are the next steps for us to commit to? First, you should think about how you can kind of cover your losses through business operations. Figuring out first, what needs to change with your service? If you're a business that's been suffering as a result of social distancing, maybe you've not been able to operate the full level, and but you don't want to lose the costs or, or pay more out for certain things, maybe reducing your hours or 
reducing the amount of raw materials you're ordering for. And the reason I say that is if you know you're going to be reducing your hourly operations or possibly operations in general, there are going to be some items attached to your regular hour operation that will benefit you if you cut the, the service request down. So that way you can save on those orders or save on those expense, on those flat expenses and be able to put that money towards other key items that you need. Now, the hard question is, what do I do about my employees? Well, that's the thing. There's always a possibility that if you have personnel and it's a difficult situation like this, that some will have to be considered to either take a reduced paycheck, uh, reduced amount of hours, or be furloughed altogether. It's not a scenario that I want any of you to consider, uh, but it has to be if you're not seeing any more means to cover losses. And it first starts with thinking about, okay, who here is hourly employee? Who here is a, a fixed salary employee? Or who here is an independent contractor? Figure out where you can cut those costs. We'll be able to salvage some of the, the loss in your businesses by taking back what you pay towards payroll and adding it back into your business. But this should be only enacted when you notice that there are certain costs that will not be covered by reducing hourly or securing funding elsewhere. Next, being able to secure financing is probably the biggest key for a business owner, especially if you want to not, not worry about reducing your personnel or your hourly operations. And that includes looking for forms of loans, grants. And during this pandemic, there has been many that's been come out as a result of the CARES Act. But there are also ones that you as a business owner can also look into as well. As I said before, you have the opportunity to look into a personal line of credit if you're able to and you're in good credit standings. You could possibly obtain one from there and implement one into your business. You can look into factoring, which could be helpful for a business owner who's waiting on a payment from a particular customer but not yet seeing it. Or you could worry, or you could try to secure some sort of financing from an equipment lender and if you're running behind on certain payments. And if you're not able to secure funding in those ways, you gotta get technical with it. You need to figure out what of your assets would be able to generate the most amount of cash. And that is involved with liquidity. So liquidity just means how, how quickly you're able to take one asset A and turn it into cash that you can use to pay your bills. And the way it works, if it's short term, it's going to be easier for you to, to kind of turn into that. It could be sometimes form of cash, accounts receivable, some forms of equipment, but if it's something long-term like property or land, it will not generate cash as quickly. It's up to you to figure out what items you can sell from your business to in, uh, input some more cash into your system and help the cash flow for your business grow a little bit stronger as the time's going by. And then finally, personal financing and I'm assuming you're a business owner, you have probably exhausted a lot of that, but in case you're not able to, you're going to have to figure out ways where you can dig deep into your own pockets and, or deeper if you already haven't, and create more cash flow for the business. And that includes already personal financing, as includes friends and family members. And this one I'm not a big fan of, but if it needs to be, you have to consider it. Possibly even selling equity to those that you know will be able to put money into the business. And while that equity may not be the most beneficial or for you as an owner, because you're giving up control, it would allow you the opportunity to keep your business going strong. And 
if you're not able to one part with equity, you can always ask friends for personal loans that you pay them back once the business is going successful from there. So how do we come about about developing a recovery plan? Well, for first, we need to figure out the tasks that need to be taken care of. As a business owner, a lot of this is going to be on you to create a checklist for yourself, figuring out where, when, how things are going to be accomplished. You need to make sure that if it involves staff members or communicating with staff members about changes in the organization or ways to change their tasks, that it's done in a prompt manner. And these tasks, and I, I'll be honest with you, the checklist is always based upon your business itself. And it could be as simple as just communicating with your customers that we are changing the structure of our business or we're changing the hourly structure or the model or as simple as just saying, listen, we're going to play this by ear. We're not going to make any changes yet and figure out what to do from there. Next, creating a timeline and when everything will take place and making sure you're hitting those timelines point by point by point. And regarding any type of contingency plan or recovery, you want to make sure that it's realistic in how long you have to hit it, but knowing time is of the essence to save your business or not say, not say save, but let's say recuperate or recover your business. You want to make sure that you have measurable timelines going from today over until the next quarter and even up to the next year. And that on a regular basis, you're measuring the effects of the plan, hoping that the plan itself is leading to the effects you want it to be. And then finally, you're going to communicate this with your team and discuss what's happening next. In the past, when I worked for an organization that was going under or having financial difficulty, one of the key things they did for us was they didn't, they didn't lie or was naive or ignorant about it. They told us in a, a staff meeting. I know a lot of you who are dealing with your staff right now are not able to have a full staff meeting because of the circumstances, but having some sort of email or formal notice or even a conversation in Zoom or some sort of platform where you can engage conversation, answer questions, and talk about what to do next and how they can help would be the best thing for it. And while employees will probably be upset that there is a direction in the business that they're, that they're taking that they don't like, they'll be happy to try to save it if it means those means saving their jobs. And then from there, you want to engage the team and figure out who is still in with you. And the reason I say who's still in is some people, once they hear about the change in your business, may not want to continue with you anymore. But those who are still passionate about the purpose, the mission, and working for you and working in this job are going to be ready to help uh, execute the, uh, the plan and allow it to do its purpose and try to save the business or try to retain the business back to where it was. And from there, you push your hands forward, you go forward, and you do and you try to encourage your t each team member there that they're valued employees, you appreciate their work, and you respect them very much. When I had this situation, when I was working with the organization that was partially laying us off or had financial difficulty, the one thing that helped me stay there longer was just the encouragement of knowing that they appreciate my work, that they respect me as a person, and that they, they would not be able to do this without me. And while some of you think that maybe just sugarcoating it and delaying it. Encouragement during a difficult time is well appreciated by any employee and it's known to definitely help an employee feel closer to a company in comparison to those that don't 
offering encouragement to that company. So yeah, and you execute your plan and you try to see how well you're able to accomplish each task. But there's not there, you still also are responsible for making sure that this plan is, is paying dividends, that it's making its means and it's helping you out. And the reason I say have some sort of measure that it's effective is having a plan without metrics is irresponsible. That's why we have sales and net income. But in case of recovery, you want to make sure that there is some sort of growth between the point where you enacted the plan and also a point where after, like maybe three months after, you're seeing change in the plan. Like with this graph here, you're seeing that at one point when the pandemic hit, it decreased the amount of sales on the right. But when quarter three ended, which is about right now, you enacted your plan and you're starting to see a rise in those important numbers that you consider as helping your business grow. So what's working? How do you know what's working? You look at your net income, see if it's under control or it's still reducing so dramatically. And I know in this case, if you're, if you're doing this now during the pandemic or if it's due to the economy or anything else, you're going to wait to see other things to clarify if the net income is doing well or not. But if you're able to reduce those costs and figure a way to stop the bleeding, you're going to see kind of a kind of a control factor on the net income. So it's not as big a loss as it was before. Cash flows should be a little more stabilized and money should not be exiting the account as soon as you as soon as before. And net cash flow itself should be a little more uh, in, in the black a little bit instead of in the red. And then finally, you should be able to see if there's still a need for living without additional funding. It should be less of a need and hopefully the amount if you need more funding should be a lot less than when you started with. So these variables are, are very key. You may have your own, but it all depends on what matters most to your business. If you want to if your goal is making sure you're retaining customers that walked away from your business, then I would say create a chart, mark, uh, noting down the amount of customers that have since left your business and how you've been able to bring the customers back. And that goes into a different category, excuse me. So with any contingency plan, you're not going to see an immediate impact or recuperation. It's going to take time. My suggestion, give it two quarters or two periods worth. And the reason I'm saying give it two quarters, two periods worth is any recuperation or recovery or resilience plan you do is likely going to take some sort of time. It's going to be a matter of time for you and your team to enact change, make sure all the responsibilities and tasks are accomplished. And by three or six months, you should start to see numbers fluctuating upward into the area that you wanted to. And that will let you know really if this was an effective plan or not. Once that two, uh, two quarter period has passed, you figure, okay, if it's not doing well, what can we change or what we can adjust? If it is doing well, then let's pursue what's going on. But when any plan, you want to give it enough time where you can see the results, measure the results, and think of a new plan in case things are not going correctly. And once you're, you're once your struggle is over or once you and your company have successfully made it for your difficult time, you want the opportunity to have some sort of permanent contingency plan set in place. I'm assuming many of you who are watching this right now 
have some sort of emergency kit in mind in case something's happening or in case you're in case a case emergency break glass situation happens. So think about what you went through the last couple of months and what worked and what hasn't worked and try to hit on the key points as a best practices for your business in terms of how to act during an emergency. And what this will allow you to do is not only will save you time, help you stay calm, but it will also give you the opportunity in case you're not available for other team members to figure out how to move forward during this difficult procedure. Now with the contingency plan, there are three essential things very important to it that we already started touching on. Uh, first, you must think about the money involved with it. Unfortunately, every contingency plan involves you putting some sort of money into it. Um, the SCORE organization, which is a sister organization of SBDC, with their profit and loss projections, they suggested that 10% of your operating expenses be dedicated towards contingency funds. Meaning if in case something happens, you have money to, to go into it. Now, some people think, okay, 10%, that's, isn't that gonna cut into my net income? And I say, yeah, it, it will, it will. But think about it this way. If an emergency happens between now and next month, won't you be glad that you have at least 10% secure? And the thing about it is you don't need to have exactly 10%. But the reason why 10% is established is it's a reasonable amount that's not too aggressive. And also you're gonna see somewhat of an amount saved if it's put into a savings account and you are gaining some sort of interest from it. So 10% every month from operating expenses, putting that into your business savings account and not touching in case the circumstances permits it is one of the best ways to allow cash flow to exist for your business and also prevent you from having a loss of funds when you're really needed down the line. Next, marking the key points when, you're break, when you need to break the window or figure out when there's actual emergency. And that first starts with marking the, the, the point where it happens. Maybe your sales numbers have dropped beyond a certain point. Maybe the economy or, or customer confidence is down or the Federal uh, Reserve uh, rate has dropped to a certain point. Or maybe there has been a point where your cash flow or a significant amount of customers have left the business. You should have that marker of when you need to enact this plan. And then from there discuss what do you do from there? How do you communicate with your staff? And when you enact that plan, think of it like a think of it like a will or any emergency plan you have to take care of in the past. Where if something happens, do this, do this, and do this. It sounds like it's not necessary, but think of it as your insurance. If you don't have an insurance plan or policy enacted, and you're and something happens to you, you're going to be very very difficult situation. So make sure you're marking all those key points. And finally, as I said before, making sure you're measuring the plan's effectiveness and also that it's working properly for you as well. And that it's controlling losses, your business returning to normal, and that you're not still struggling in those key areas that you want to control. Now, let's say you are struggling in key areas where you want to control. Now I have I have one for I have a few words for you. Where are you struggling? Are you struggling in cash flow? Are your sales still dropping? Is it a matter of customer retention or is it still some sort of reduction by your business? It seems weird that a business that you helped save once before is still struggling, but it's not uncommon. And based upon circumstances, there are gonna be moments where you're wondering what went right and what went wrong. 
and figuring out where did I go wrong in, in general. And you have to kind of find the cause of why you're also still struggling. In this case, the pandemic, maybe we're still struggling not because of the planner, but because the, the pandemic is still preventing people from doing business in, in person. But for those that are taking the necessary steps or figured out a way around it, they seem to find some sort of success. But when you're not feeling confident, you really should take the time to ask for help. Because you know what comes down to it, as a business owner, I know, I know, you know everything, you were grazed on this, you were taught this, it's in your blood, but the worst thing in the world is, is letting something die because of its own stubbornness. And your business is your baby. And when you have a staff and people that rely on you, you wanna make sure that their livelihoods are, are not over as a result of your ignorance or whatever. In this situation, I'm speaking to someone this is actually my boss in real life, uh, about how to help their business. And from there, giving helpful advice to get you through the situation. The reason being, well, no matter what or how you, you are dealing with the situation, you want the opportunity for your business to still be standing afterwards. And asking for a little help on resiliency or financials and being able to speak to one-on-one -on -one to somebody and bounce ideas off tends to create some sort of motivation or or new form of source to help you get through the difficult times if you choose not to just be reminded that this might be your future and i would hate if any of you have to let this happen to you and many times i work with a lot of business owners and they were saying you know what? i got it marcus i got it i got it i i, I think i know what i want to do and the net losses increased their financials went down their staff started to leave or get irritated and you do not want to be the person that did not take the next steps to really get your business back in motion. You want to make sure you cut the bleeding before it happens. Now, I'm assuming that these images don't mean much to you at the moment because those of you probably still watching probably still have a business that's all that's running and operational. So because I think Halloween's a, a month away from when this is coming up, I'm gonna tell you a scary story. Ooh. About two business owners, ABC Development Services and One Two Fee Supports Group. ABC Development Services has a business that's reliant on in-person services. Has a staff of about at least. Let me make sure I get these numbers correct. Ten part-time equivalent and five full-time equivalent people generating sales of two hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year, and normally retains about. 60,000 sales, about three years old. So they started in 2017. Meanwhile, one, two, three support group has seven part-time equivalent, eight full-time full equivalent, roughly 180,000 sales and retains about $50,000 in, in net income. And they started roughly in say January of 2018. Now both businesses, and I'm reading the case studies so forgive my eyes, both businesses are operating the services and they require that clients come to their facility to receive full service. And unfortunately, both are forced to close during the pandemic, but have a contingency plan that supports them for roughly say two months. And let's move forward. If you're, and because they're Arizona based businesses, they had the unfortunate opportunity of dealing with the second surge in the pandemic in June. Now, ABC owner, when was and one two three or were both approached by somebody regarding hey you should go to a uh, coach or sbdc or someone that can help you 
ABC owner was, was saying to himself, you know what, I appreciate the service, but I have a qualified amount of team members here that can help us through the situation, and I think I'm going to be fine. While one, two, three business was like, you know what, I, I think I can, yeah, let's set up a meeting. Let's see what you guys can do for this talk. And unbeknownst to both of them that in the next month and a half, there will be increased social distancing, the inability to open up their businesses the last couple months, and more COVID-19-based and CARES Act-based grants and loans. As a result, now, 123 Support Group is still up and running and doing very well and actually ready to open the doors up to anyone that wants to come by. ABC is not doing so well. They are struggling and they're on their last step. I think recently they reached out to me regarding how to obtain the CARES Act fund. Now, you're wondering, are these real businesses? Let's just say the names are are not real, but there are plenty of business owners I have that kind of fit this mold. But the point about it is that if you're not taking care of your business or you're not asking for help, even though your plan is not going through, you're going to see yourself probably getting into a scary situation that could put you in detriment for not just you, but those around you. So keep this in mind. Make sure you're, you enacted a form of strategy, that you're staying calm, you're assessing your losses on your financial statements. You're figuring out what's the next steps in determining your um, change of action or your plan. You have developed some sort of a recovery plan to get you back to where you were or help you get back in rebounding. Then you enact that plan and you figure out how to measure the plan effectively. And with that, that should lead you to a point where your business is actually able to find some sort of recovery. Now, I'm going to say this honestly, it doesn't always mean you'll get full recovery, but it will help you reduce the cost, it will reduce the hurt, and get you and your and your team to a point of some sort of, um, not, not salvation, but sanctuary is much more of a better term. So with that, if you're looking for resources, since I'm assuming you're watching this because you know you need help or you want more help, feel free. Um, this is my organization, uh, Maricopa Community Colleges hosts us. And we offer ongoing counseling, training, and research. And we have specialists in areas of technology, exporting, and, and securing capital. I regularly work with clients in terms of helping people right now with recovery plans and PPP, forgiveness solutions, and helping people secure IDLE. And also, I'm, I'm one of the many advisors with COVID for Mesa. And we're, a lot of us are here to help you with your particular type of solution. So, with that, keep that in mind, because I thank you about the services.